welcome to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast, where we talk about leading your church and leading your team in biblically formed worship. Stuff, getting into the weeds a little bit with the, the whole Bethel Hill song thing, you know, we, got, but we should talk about it. What is up, worship leaders? My name is Dalton Schaefer, and this is my channel, Spirit Truth. Today, I'm back on with a good friend, Jimmy from Hey Worship Leader. What's up, man? What's up, man? How's it going? It's good to be here. Hey, hey worship leader. I can say hey. that. You're a worship leader. Yeah, I have to say what's up, worship leaders, to avoid copyright infringement. That's uh, right, because I'll get I'll get that check. You know I will. Dude, yeah, every every time someone says, hey, worship leader, uh, Jimmy gets paid $5. That's right, which is why I'm still so filming in my uh, bedroom. <laughs> yeah, he's asked me to say, hey, worship leader, four, four to five times a minute. Yeah, please, do. Video. please do. Um, well, we're, we're going to jump in today. We're going to talk about uh, song selection in the church. And so we're thinking weekly song selection as well as kind of global, like how do you pick all of the songs that you're going to sing? Maybe your your own personal hymn list or, uh, you know, like a, a hymnal for your church. I know at my church we sing about 40 songs a year, so I'm really picky about what goes into those 40 songs. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do, I just want to acknowledge our matching hats, dude. Yes. I just love love that hat. Uh, that. Not for sale yet, but maybe yeah, no. In the this future. is special. Like this is not it's an advertisement. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day that'll be a thing. But until that day, we're gonna continue making videos about content. That's where we're about here. Not merch, but not content. Much. That's uh, right. We made all the jokes today. All <laughs> right. Well, uh, Jimmy, let's jump right in, man. You and I had a conversation on the phone a few months back. Uh, that was just such a good phone conversation about choosing songs and serving your leaders, serving your church. And so I just want to hear a little bit about, uh, yeah, how do you go about, we'll start global. When you're okay. thinking about song selection at a high level, what are you thinking about when you pick songs that you want your church to sing? Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I found Zach Hicks book very helpful here and so i just it's on my shelf hold on one second it's on my shelf somewhere but i got too much stuff on my shelf anyways <laughs> he has a chapter in there called like worship pastor as theological dietitian and that really like helped give my my brain a category to think through and he he uses the analogy of like you're a shepherd feeding your congregation what are you feeding them what does their diet look like that's how we should go about selecting songs. And I was like, that's amazing. Like that, that helps me. Cause I think we get in the grind each and every week and we're like, what songs are we going to do this week? And yeah. you know, there's a million songs out there. Which one should I do? Let's just see, you know, what someone else did and we'll try to do that. And um, you know, I understand some people are not full-time like I am. I have, I've been not full-time, not even part-time volunteer as well. So I know how tight time can be. So that's not, what I want to harp on right now. Um, I think the shift is thinking more pastorally, like the whole book, Zach Hicks books is the yeah. worship pastor. And so um, starting there, I start now, I have like this, this process of thinking through like a diet and I actually introduced a song this week called, uh, it's funny. Cause I said this Sunday and I was like, um, we're, we're introducing a new song. And when I went to say the title, it just slipped my mind and I had to look to my other, vocalist and i was like 
what is the name of the song? I, I don't <laughs> even know. Um, yet not I, but Christ through me. Is that how you Yet say not it? I, but through Christ in me. See, I still can't say it right. I knew I said it. I probably said it wrong on Sunday still, even after I forgot it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Fail. Worship leader fail right there. Anyways, these long titled songs get me. But um, yeah, you know, it was I even explained to the church on Sunday that I was like, you know, sometimes we sing songs that have fewer repeated words and and more repeated phrases. Um, you know, we repeat them more often so we can like, like contemplate the lyrics. And then sometimes we have songs that are more content heavy that have more words. And I was just trying to use that opportunity again to teach the church that there's thought that goes into these songs. I don't just pick them willy nilly, if that's the phrase. And, um, and I tried to have, I think this is the overall thing to communicate is that have like a, a balanced diet to give to the church. Not every song needs to be the same. And so if there's somebody listening today and they're like, yeah, I need, I need help in this, or maybe they don't know they need help is the, is the library you've chosen for your church, which that's another topic we can talk about. Um, is it a balanced diet for your church? Whether like the category I just thought through of a lot of words versus yep. not a lot of words. Um, is it thinking through like uh, content? Is it celebratory or is it more reverent? Is it um, confession, a song of lament? Uh, we see all these in the Psalms. And so uh, I start thinking through these categories and um, it's, it's really helped me as a leader to first come up with a library. So that's the first step is like, Hey, what songs are we going to be singing? So you just said you guys sing about 40 songs a year. I also have a library. Um, we call it a catalog, you know, and, and we do this about, we'll update it. I say, we, it's me right now. I update it about twice, twice a year. So right now I'm working from the, the open door worship catalog spring 2021. And yeah. uh, you know, about, Soon I'll be updating it for the summer and thinking through the fall, like what songs we want to add to it. What songs have I not done all year from the library and that we will kick off, you know, I'm not, and we, we have about 55 songs on there and I'm not a, I'm not a stickler on how many songs have to be on there, but it, it, it fluctuates from anywhere from like 40 to 60, I would say, just depending on mm -hmm. the season that we're in. If we've done a lot of new songs, just because we have that many songs on the library doesn't mean we're doing them all. Um, they're just songs that we could do, especially if I have a guest worship leader, I can hand them this, say, these are the songs we're doing right now. Stick yes. to these songs when you pick a set list. So yep, it's been so helpful. It's been super helpful. I don't know that I answered your whole question, but that's the beginning. No, that's, of it. No, that's great, man. I, I think very similarly, I also read that book <clears throat> and thought that chapter was super helpful. Uh, yeah, I love Zach Hicks and in that book, The Worship Pastor. <clears throat> but as yeah, as I think through song lists, the reason we do 40 is because we want to do I usually I'll say this. I introduce between 10 and 12 new songs a year. I try to limit myself to one new song per month maximum. Mm -hmm. uh, and so maybe every once in a while I'll do a little bit less, maybe in the summer. I'm not introducing just tons of new stuff over the summer. Um, and so about 10 to 12 new songs a year. And if I want my people to really know those songs, I'm going to need this to sing them pretty often. And so what I found is 40 songs, depending on how many songs you sing, if your church, you only sing three songs a week, it might need to be 30 songs. If your church sings yeah. six, seven songs a week, you could do 50, 60 songs. 
we're about four songs a week and 40 seems to be about the right number for us that it's a few enough songs that our people really learn them. So they're not just glued to having to read the lyrics every single time they can start to internalize them, but introducing one new song a month keeps things fresh too. So it doesn't just feel stale and old and like, Oh, we only sing the same songs every week. Like there's never anything new. And so I think, yeah, there's a few different factors that I would say play into that. Like how many historic hymns are you singing? If you sing a lot of historic hymns, if, if 15 to 25 of those were historic hymns, I would probably bump my list up. But we, we try to keep about 10 like historic, like the church really knows these hymns really well in that list of 40. So about one-fourth of what we're doing are hymns. Uh, and then the other is going to be, you know, other songs that were written in the last 20 years. Uh, and a lot of those are going to be newer songs like, you know, Yet Not I, uh, songs like that, stuff by Austin Stone that we're really enjoying that's theological and deep. But that that's where I'm starting with just in terms of how many songs. And then because of the way I plan <clears throat> thinking through a gospel narrative every week, the, the general categories I'm looking at that I want to keep in front of my people consistently are songs of, of praise and adoration and God's holiness, mm-hmm. songs of confession of sin. Uh, songs of assurance of pardon or songs that really focus on uh, the the death and resurrection of Christ, the the atonement for our sin, and then songs of response. That's generally how I plan a worship service. If I have four songs, it's going to be something like that, or maybe I'll use a scripture reading or a corporate prayer to supplement one of those areas. Um, but that, so I'm really thinking when I, when I plan, uh, when I start thinking about songs, I'm thinking, where does it fit? What are we missing? We don't have very many songs of confession. How can I supplement that? Is there a new song? And then I'm going to think about big theological topics. I'm going to think about the Trinity. I'm going to go, okay, how often are we speaking to the reality of the Trinity or maybe particularly the Holy Spirit? Do we have any songs that help point uh, our people to the role of the spirit in salvation. Do we have anything that's really helping our, do our people know if, if they only develop their theology based on the songs we sing, do they know that we worship a Trinitarian God or do they think we worship, you know, just the father and the son and there is no spirit involved. And we know as, as, uh, worship leaders and born again believers that the spirit is the sign of the new covenant. There is no salvation apart from the Holy spirit. Uh, and you cannot be indwelt by the spirit and not be saved. Like that's the reality of what the spirit does in the new covenant. And so it's really important. I think it's really important that our people know, uh, the spirit and his role in salvation and sanctification and glorification, uh, and making much of Christ in our lives. And so I'm thinking through topics like that and I'll kind of look at my, my list of songs and I'll say, what are we missing? If I, I get to the end of the year, I look back and go, okay, were these songs Christ-centered or were they man-centered, God-centered? I'll even evaluate. There, I, I did a poll. This was because of something I saw Aaron Keys do. He just posted about it on Instagram that he surveyed all of his songs line by line to see if his songs were primarily God-centered or man-centered. Uh, and I just thought that was so helpful. So I went line by line on every single song and I gave it like a percentage rating based on like, if there were, 
I'll just make it simple. If there were 10 lines in a song and half of them were me focused and half were God focused, I gave it a 50 and 50, like 50% yeah, yeah. God in. And I did that for every song. I it was tedious. It was, I, I probably wouldn't even do it again. Cause I don't, I don't know if, <laughs> if it was worth it. I might think more generally in that, but I want to yeah. think, I want to think through that. I want to know, like, are we really singing about the father the son and the spirit are we singing to god in adoration are we only singing about us but then there are times where we have to sing about our sin it needs to be inward you know you think yeah. of lord i come i confess bowing here i find my right it seems very man-centered but it's centered on our confession to the lord uh and so yeah those are some of the things i'm thinking about broadly as i am thinking through the songs that we're going to sing and then now, now you've kind of got maybe a list of songs. I like to say that if you have a really good list of songs and a guest worship leader comes in, they could just pull songs out of a hat. Like they don't even know. And I, I would want a worship leader to come and be able to just randomly select four songs from my list and the worship set be theologically thoughtful, uh, deep, uh, pastoral, just because we've already done the hard work of making sure every song is yeah. is really in line with where we're at and then you might want to think through yeah of course the sermon uh you know what sermon series if your church is uh like our church is thinking a year and a half out about what it what sermon series it's going to go through so we already know like months from now what we're going to be teaching on so mm -hmm. i might i might change what songs i put in my list based on that we, we just finished up this week a series 17 week series in the book of revelation I very intentionally chose some new songs to introduce that were all written from the book of Revelation. They still had the themes of adoration and praise and assurance yeah. of uh, pardon, confession, but specifically with lines written from the book of Revelation. And we were able to bring in some amazing new songs that were all written from Revelation. Holy is Our God by Austin Stone. Something mm -hmm. Greater, their newest song, has a couple lines that were specifically written from the book of Revelation that were really cool. Um, but we were able to do that. So yeah, that's some of my thoughts. So when you move into the kind of the every week planning, what's your process for choosing songs for this Sunday? Like you got Sunday coming up. What, what did you do to plan your set? Right. Well, there's several things. So once we get the library, you know, figured out, like you said, these songs are solid. Um, I will say, let me, let me back up just a little bit before I move forward. And if I get lost, put me back on track. Cause that happens. But, um, <clears throat> when I'm in the, um, dating a song mode, <laughs> we'll call it like that. I have a, a Spotify playlist for our church list to called new songs playlist. And I throw those songs on there and they're not necessarily in our library yet. Actually they're not, if they're on that playlist, we haven't chosen them yet. They're songs that may be pretty new and we're waiting to see how, how they run their course and other ministries, um, trying to get used to them. I put them on there. I tell the band, we tell the church, like these are songs that we may do and songs can jump on and off there pretty easily once yeah, they've gone and gone idea. through our, our criteria. Cause some songs make it through the criteria. And let me say, I don't know if you've done anything like this, but not to take people away from spirit truth content, but I have over on heyworshipleader.com have a song selection checklist they can download for free. So maybe we can link that down below. Yeah. And it kind of, sure. I've written on there like, in case they don't have the the um, Zach Hicks books, I wrote down what he wrote. I wrote down some uh, an additional thoughts that we we think through at our church, and so if they want to download that. They can go download that. But That's great. once it's made it through like that kind of um, criteria, then we put it on that that playlist, 
And this serves two purposes. It's just kind of like we're dating the song. We can see if like, do we like this? Is this something we're actually going to sing? Mm-hmm. It made it through the criteria, but is it, does it really fit our church? It lets us listen to it. We also use this as our, um, our pre-service music so that when people are coming nice. in, they can subliminally already be learning these songs because yep. the point is that we want them to sing. Um, so that's, that's how we get songs to the, to the, our, our catalog. If they make it through the new songs playlist, that's where I'm pulling songs from. So I kind of have this like step-by-step process. Um, and then just real quick in order to even get on that, how do I find new songs? I use like, I go through like seasons of where I listen to new music intentionally. Um, and then like, if you're on the email, you know, newsletter from like multi-tracks or loop community, or you can use CCLI as soon as a new song comes out, people are making tracks for them. And so like, if they're good, they've kind of got to the top. I usually like, Oh, a new song just came out um, because they made tracks about it. So let me go listen to it and I'll, I'll start. That's how I can get like first um, dibs on, on new songs. Like, Oh, a new song came out because multi-tracks is telling me that they made tracks about it. So anyways, once we get past all that thinking more week to week, now we have our, um, our catalog that we're pulling through. I'm this, we're the same as you. We do like a, a, a year long series. So last year for us was revelation and it was nice. the whole year. Um, nice. And it was actually the, it was actually the last book of the Bible that my pastor has preached through. So like he's preached through every book of the Bible or, or, or at least like verse by verse. I don't know if he's yeah. preached cause I haven't been there that long. So like, I don't know if he preached verse by verse through like Leviticus or not, but He's at least done a sermon series through each book of the Bible. And that was the last Very one. Good. So it was, it was, it was really, really special. And, and the same, you know, getting to pick songs that speak about revelation. I went the other way. I actually picked a lot of older songs that I knew, like, no, um, nice. like overcome by new life worship. I don't even know yep. if that's old. Uh, we did like a newsboy song. Anyways, it was kind of fun. Plus it was, it was during the quarantine. So we were outside a lot and I was like, yeah, I need to pick songs that people would probably recognize where there's no screens. Yep. Different, different video. Anyways, it was fun. Yeah. Love it. Um, so yeah, once we, once we get through that criteria, now I'm thinking week to week, um, I'm planning. Usually I try to stay a month ahead or so because I have the text that my pastor is going to preach through, but honestly, I don't weigh too much on that because it's like, like you said, a guest could come in and just pick these songs. Like all of them are gospel centered. They're Christ centered. If I know that he's going to speak about something specific and maybe every once in a while, he'll tell me, he'll be like, I'm going to end the message saying something about this. It'd be cool if we sing this hymn or something. Then I I love getting that from him. Um, But yeah, I go through and think through the categories like you do, like adoration, confession, celebratory song at the end once we've come through and another category that we've been challenged to think through is like singing about heaven you know i think a lot of christians don't think about heaven yeah and we're going to be spending eternity there you know so thinking about um the end times and what we're what we're shooting for what's our ultimate goal um you know i think bound for glory i think by vertical worship is one we do yeah. um there's a couple and of course i'm on video so i can't remember them all but um yeah. So I just pick songs and I, I think that way. And um, <clears throat> we also have a playlist called this weekend worship. So once nice. I plan my set list, this is a, this is the set list that I send out to the church for them to like, get ready to sing for that Sunday. 
Um, yeah. And it's been so helpful because before I did this and at other ministries, I'd have people, you know, those people come up and they're like, I don't know any of the songs you sang today. <laughs> now, if I get a comment like that, which I, I rarely do anymore, uh, if I get a comment like that, I can point them to the playlist and point them to the fact that I have actually thought through these songs and I want them to come and sing. Like, isn't yeah. that the point? Yeah. You know, I want you to come and be able to participate. I don't want you to have to say what you just said. Um, and so you don't have to anymore. You can go to this playlist and listen for free on Spotify. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of how we do it. And I will say that, um, this kind of gets into the organizational aspect of worship ministry that if I know a lot of people, a lot of worship leaders wake up on Wednesday morning, they have rehearsal that night and their band is texting them. What's the set list this week? And I'm like, yeah, I got to throw some songs together and they haven't, they haven't thought through the process. But I think if you do these steps of creating a, a catalog, a library of songs, you think ahead enough to put songs like on Monday morning, I switched the playlist this week in worship over. So Monday morning, Suzanne sitting at her desk at, at work and she's, or whatever she's doing, she can click on the spot, Spotify playlist and get ready for this upcoming weekend. You can't pass to your people very well. If you're planning last minute, throwing songs together last minute. And so that's kind of my process. That's what I do. And I would just challenge listeners, like get ahead of it. For your volunteer yeah. sake, for your church sake, they can come and sing. Like, don't wait last minute. People yeah. do all the time. Don't do it. Yep. Yeah, man. Stop it. People, worship leaders want to be led by the Spirit. But I, I remember hearing this once that stuck with me. The same Holy Spirit that's leading you on Sunday mornings spontaneously to sing that song you didn't plan is the same Holy Spirit that's with you in your office on Monday afternoon, a that's week right. before, two weeks before, right now, wherever you're at. And so and, you, you can be spirit led and he lives outside of time. So there's, yeah. <laughs> he already knows yeah. what your pastor is going to say yeah. uh, four weeks from now and can be leading you in those moments. And there are moments where maybe you, you need to make a change last minute, or even a pastor might ask you to make a change last minute. And we want to be flexible and, uh, and serve in that way. And I'll say similar to you, I'm, I'm definitely thinking through, uh, the text, but I'm more thinking outside of just the sermon text. Like I, I would feel comfortable planning a set, having no idea what the sermon's on, believing that it's going to be a very helpful gospel centered uh, worship set just because we're going to story through the gospel. <clears throat> but because I know what the text is going to be each week, I, I really do make an effort for at least one or two of the songs to tie in specifically into the text. For instance, um, one of my pastor's points a few weeks ago was talking about how uh, Christ will throw uh, or he has the keys to death in Hades and he's going to throw death in Hades into uh, the fire. Like that's the text in Revelation. Uh, but at the beginning in Revelation one, it talks about how Christ has the keys of death in Hades and he's been resurrected. He's alive now. Uh, and so like we have a song that specifically it's, it's that Austin Stone, something greater has a line that specifically mm. says with the keys of death and Hades in his hands. Um, mm. And it's one of those moments where it's like, okay, like there's a specific tie into the text that he's preaching on yeah. with this song. But at the end of the day, that song is super gospel centered. It's all about our brokenness and sin, Christ coming, his death and resurrection, and now our worship in response to that. It's just a story through the gospel. I could have done in Christ alone or living hope or King of Kings. They all would have said the same thing. 
Yeah. Uh, but this particular song had an, a line, or if, if your pastor's preaching through first Peter living hope is written specifically from first Peter, like that's a helpful song to use. Um, but that leads us into kind of the last thing that we're going to talk about, as I mentioned in songs, uh, which is what do you do as worship leaders? We've all had the conversation. Uh, what about Bethel and Hillsong? Can I sing there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. He said the names, get him out of here. Uh, what do you do? We're in, we're in different context. This is what uh, part of this conversation was back about uh, a while back on the phone is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in your context right now, you guys do not sing Bethel and Hillsong. Is that correct? That is correct. Guilty. Guilty, Guilty is charged. charged. Uh, and in oh. my context for the listeners, we do sing Bethel and Hillsong. Um, but we want to sing the best songs from them. We judge each song individually, uh, you know, based on the content of the song, uh, the lyrical content. Does it stand up theologically uh, in, in alignment with our church? And that decision was made by a team of 48 elders across five campuses with a lot of thought and prayer. Uh, that's not just my opinion. That is the eldership of our local church deciding yeah. that that's how we are going to uh, do that. But you have elders at your church as well. And mm -hmm. they've made a difference. So let's, I just want to talk about, I think a lot of people approach this <clears throat> very emotional and it's heated, mm -hmm. but I think the thing I miss in this conversation when I hear people talk about it is, are we really serving our leadership and serving our people? And so let's just talk about that. You know, how has your church handled that conversation? Yeah. So our church, you know, before the pandemic, like let's say two and a half years ago, did not have this stance. And so I, I like to say, at the beginning for people, you know, hate comments down in, in the, in the comment section, <laughs> we're <laughs> ready there is for no, it. Drop there... your comments. <laughs> right. Right. Actually do, you know, it'll yeah, help. Please algorithm. comment your opinions on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, like there's no blanket stance or that, that it is perfect for every ministry. What's, what's important to me. You've already heard me say it in this video is to pastor your people. Yep. What is best for your people at this time. And so we have seven elders and after much deliberation, it was it was Bethel and related artists first. That was the first decision because before that, it was the same way. I just picked out Bethel songs. I had like, when we chose to cut Bethel from my library of songs, I cut four songs. So it wasn't like we were doing a lot of Bethel. Uh, I, already, I already picked my favorite ones and they were amazing. I love them. I still love those songs. Um, but we just felt at the time, and I say we, I'm not an elder. So um, they brought me along in the conversation, but I, I'm not the yep. el an elder. Uh, so we'll get to that in a minute, because I think I'd like to follow up question about worship leaders and response to how they serve congregation and their eldership. But right now we're talking about Bethel and then Hillsong. Um, there was there was there were some people on my worship team and in a small group that were wise enough to actually come to me prayerfully and say, here are our concerns. And it was rather than it being like this division. And so it actually happened in, a, in the best way possible. They're yeah. like, there's, there's, there's some people, it just, it feels like they're going against their conscience to sing these songs because of what they know about Bethel. Um, are they, are they helping our church? They being part of the problem. They don't really know. They want to be led through it. Um, and so bringing this to the elders, they decided, yes, we will not sing Bethel mm -hmm. or any Bethel related artists which um, 
is even more difficult <laughs> because there's a lot of related artists. But to yeah. make it clear, what we decided is like there's a you can go to the website and see like the Bethel Collective. Um, that, where they don't serve at Bethel Church like on a regular basis. They have their own church, like Corey Asbury, and actually had it pulled up. You know, tons of really great worship leaders. Um, Christine DeMarco. Um, oh, the uh, McClure's. Gosh, love them. Um, you know, like some of some of the songs that we had on the library before we made the decision were from those artists. Um, I know Phil Wickham has a pretty close relationship with them, but like, we'll still do Phil Wickham because he's not part of that collective. Like you, yeah. so our, our, our main, I think the main objective was, um, would, would somebody come in? Oh, that's an amazing song. Cause it probably was if we were singing yeah. it and go and say, Oh, our church, that's a Bethel artist. They must approve of Bethel. And then maybe go down a rabbit trail and may not be spiritually strong enough. And we lose them too quick. You know, you can, yep. Totally. You can paint whatever picture you want. That was just like, maybe it is not best for us to sing at this time. And so actually I wanted to read an excerpt from the email that I sent to our team to try to set the tone of like how I communicated this to my team. I said, first, I believe it is unwise. And I like highlighted unwise, not wrong <laughs> for us to sing Bethel songs at our church right now. I do not believe it is a sin. Uh, in light of this, avoid casting judgment on other people or ministries who have not come to the same conclusion. Yeah, that I think good. right there, so that right there is like the main thing. Because in the comments of this video on Facebook or wherever, that's where people, they just judgment, judgment. You don't line up with me. Boom. And I was like, team, this is not what it's about. This is about our church today. Even we may change our minds next year. You yeah, know, yeah. things may change, totally. but right now. This is where we're at. Um, I said, if the situation presents itself, use this as a way to teach the true gospel and direct people away from harmful practices that contradict the gospel. I didn't yep. even mention Bethel in there. I was just like, let's let's point people to the gospel, no matter what. Like, yeah, people will people will see that we made a decision here. And the point is, the point is not to not sing Bethel. The point is to point people to the gospel. And if we think Bethel might be pointing people away. That's, that's up for you and your church at the time. You may come to a different conclusion. And then the last thing I said is, is I was just reminding people that as soon as you draw a line, people will either think you went too far or not far enough. And that was my main yep. concern yeah. about drawing the line where we did. Because before I was like, I'd rather just be like, trust me, I'm going to pick out good songs. doesn't matter what ministry they come from. Um, but when you do draw a line, people will think you went too far or not far enough. And I yep. said, if you dig deep enough... <laughs> There will be no songs worthy to be sung because we're all written by fallen sinners. Yeah. And that includes songs written by me and you. Uh, yep. So no matter what songs are sung, remind our people. I'm speaking to my team here. Remind our people in the congregation that ultimately is God that we worship, not fallen man. Yeah. And that just kind of was like, I did, and I, people just responded like, thank you so much for saying this. Thank you for leading us this way. Um, I think maybe people have made decisions to just, write off other ministries without pastoring their people through the process. So it just opens up room for all kinds of weird division. Yeah. And if people have questions, I, I, I kept this email and I'd send it to them again. Like, Hey, remember this, this is how we made this decision. So yeah. that's, yeah. that's, that's where we are as a ministry. And I'll say so like, good. if I go to lead worship at your church or whatever, and I, I sing Bethel, it's not, it, it may not go against my conscience to do that. For example, we had a women's event this past Saturday and it was a, 
it was a uh, an event we were telling stories of like healing and hope coming out of the pandemic and we had four women giving testimonies and i knew one of the stories and i was like man coming out of this i would love to sing the bethel version of it as well by christine demarco it would fit so well and um and so it, it, it's funny because the vocalist who was singing it was actually one of the ones who 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 I wanted to sing it was actually one of the ones who first brought this topic up. And um, excuse me, I'm burping. How about that? <laughs> Not to distract from the story I'm telling. I had to burp. Okay. Um, it was it was funny because I actually went to her and I said, I think this would really fit the moment. Um, and I just want to make sure this doesn't go against your conscience. I'm going to go ahead and make a decision. It's not a Sunday morning event. This is for people in our church. It was like a, an in-house worship service. It wasn't like visitors, anything else. And so we made the decision. She was great with it and it fit the moment perfectly. And it didn't hurt my conscience to sing a Bethel song in that moment. And I just felt like that was another pastoral moment. Like we made, we've made this other decision, but in this one specific instance, I think it's the best decision. I really think it was. So I just want people to know kind of where I'm at with that. No, I think that's great. And I think it's important to remember that as worship leaders, uh, whether we're elders at our churches or not, uh, we are subject to the authority of the church leadership that we are placed under by God. And so like, you know, the YouTube commenter, theologian, you know, uh, police, you know, it's like, we're not subject to their authority. Like we, like they will not give an account for us. That is, that is under the, the eldership of the church that will have to give an account for those things. And so just remember in how we can serve and submit ourselves, like as, as God has put elders in charge of the church, we want to have open hands and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust your elders. I trust the people that you've put in authority over me. And I want to serve. I want to serve them. Well, I want to serve our church. Well, and like you said, you could, if you go down that trail long enough, you will disqualify every person in every song. Could very you, you brought up it as well. Historically, the guy who wrote it as well. What a great hymn. Like the original, just the the hymnal, not the Bethel version, like the hymnal right. version. That dude died like a, a wild heretic. Like uh. <laughs> like we would disqualify like today. Like uh, a mighty fortress is our God. Come on, dude. Isn't that good? Luther, dude, yeah. Martin Luther, it was translated by Unitarian, took all the Trinitarian stuff out. We would disqualify his translation to English today uh, if we held it to that same standard. And right. so I totally see both ways. I, I've gone back and forth myself on my own thoughts on that. Um, but I know where our church lands and there are some good songs that we'll sing. Um, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure the songs we choose are faithful and thoughtful, theologically accurate and in alignment with our church. And we don't want to demonize other people who might disagree with us, uh, uh, particularly across denominational lines. Cause a lot of what creates some of the, uh, the tension is that, you know, Bethel lines up denominationally more Pentecostal and then some of the really out there wild things that people have lots of issues with are much harder to confirm that those are actually coming from Bethel and their actual leadership and not just a crazy YouTube video of a random, you know, 19 year old person on the side of the road saying something crazy. And they're like, this is Bethel's leadership. I'm like, that looks like a 19 year old on the side of a road in a random place. And so, so um, Fake 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, there, there are some of those things where people take it to the extreme, but, uh, at the end of the day, we want to serve our churches, serve our people pastorally. Um, yeah, man. Do you have any other thoughts, uh, before we wrap that conversation up just from your experience, your church, uh, anything like that? Yeah. I would just say for, for people listening, um, that's just it. Like I'm called to serve under my elders. Um, you might be an elder at your church and then hopefully there's a pl- plurality and you're called to be a part of that eldership. Yeah. Um, and I'm called to serve Jesus by serving his church. And so, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm not supposed to stand up for every little thing I disagree with. I feel like a lot of people think that's their calling. <laughs> like yeah. I disagree. We're going to have a fight about it until yep. you know, to the death. And as worship leaders, we, we have to be wise about that. It's, it's not, it's not our calling to find something we disagree with and make that a hill to yep. die on. And a lot of people, they do yes. it. So our calling is to defend the gospel, point people to Jesus, shut up and serve. That's dude, it. Dude, do that. Shut the video down. We're done. We're done. Oh, Come on. Yeah. Yeah, so, man, yeah. I think that's great. Those, those are my closing thoughts about that. And I think it's a good conversation. So like definitely viewers, let us know in the comments what you think, you know, maybe, maybe you all have come to a different decision. Maybe you're struggling with the decision that your fellowship has made, but you're submitting or you need help submitting. Um, Hopefully this video has been helpful. Hopefully this discussion has been helpful. Let us know down in the comments for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks so much for, for coming on and yeah, just being willing. This is, this is a hard conversation for a lot of people to have because they, they don't know where to fall. Um, and if you're, if your church says, you know, you can't sing these songs and you really want to, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's that you're not as in line with that particular church and you might have trouble singing, but, but maybe you also just haven't heard, like there are thousands of other songs out there that are really, really good, uh, from, from people that if your church is in the camp where they don't want you singing these, I can point you to some specific groups that I know that they're going to be really excited about singing like city of light. Like you got, you had mentioned yet, not I, uh, worship initiatives put out a bunch of stuff from a bunch of different artists that would be really in line. Austin stone worship has great stuff. There are artists out there who are going to fall more in line with where your church is at, that you can, you can find great, great songs from. And so, Thanks for listening to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. And go ahead and give this podcast a rating in whatever podcast player you're listening to it in. And we'll catch you in the next episode.